0: It'll be on the screen if you don't have that version of the Bible. Mark 3.31 in the Amplified. Then his mother, talking about Jesus. Jesus' mother and Jesus' brothers came and standing outside, they sent word to him, calling for him. See, Jesus was inside this building, inside this house, evidently teaching. And his mother and brothers came and they were standing outside and they wanted to talk to him. And a crowd was sitting around him and they said to him, your mother and brothers, sisters are outside asking for you. Notice what Jesus did. He replied, he said, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking around on those who sat in a circle about him, he said, see, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the things God wills is my brother and sister and mother. Now. His mom and. Brothers, sisters were outside asking for him. They wanted to talk to Jesus. Did Jesus give them access to himself? No. no. Did he say, oh, my mom and brothers are out there. Yeah, let them come on in. Let's let's let's, let's I want to talk to him. Hear what they have to say. Did he do that? Did he say, oh, you know, I, hold on. I need to go out there and talk to them and see what they want. Did he do that? No. no. He limited their access To him, didn't he? Say, well, why would he do that? Well, I'm going to answer that in a moment. But uh, in this instance, we see that Jesus limited these people, his mother and family, access to him. Now, of course, there were other times where he had interaction with them. You can see that in the scripture, certainly. But here on this occasion, he limited their access. I want to talk to you today, titling this message limits 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 and there's a fence up there we'll get to that in a minute in that graphic limits we'll talk about that fence today limits why did Jesus limit his own family from accessing him well to get the answer you just go back up to mark 3 verse 21 and you'll get the answer and when those... Now, see, this goes back now before his mom and brother, sister showed up. Let's go back and see why he limited their access. Before they showed up, notice, and when those who belonged to him, his kinsmen, his family, heard it, what did they hear? They heard that Jesus was teaching the Word of God and, and, and doing miracles and casting out demons and so on and so forth. When they... His own family, his mother, brothers, sisters, when they heard that he was doing that, They went to take him by force. They're going to take him by force. For they kept saying he is out of his mind. He's beside himself. He's deranged. They essentially had a straitjacket, so to speak. And uh, you know what what you do with a straitjacket a lot of times? Take crazy people and put them in it. Is that right? And so they thought Jesus was crazy. Now you and I know he wasn't crazy. He's the son of God. Is that right? Very God in the flesh. Right? But they thought he was crazy at this time. Now, you can see in other times, his mother, you know, at the wedding in Cana there, she said, whatever he says to do, do it. But at this time, she thought he was nuts. And they were going to go and take him by force, probably have him committed. Do you see now why Jesus limited their access in this situation? Do you see that? Because if he would have given them access, they would have tried to hinder and stop him from doing that thing that he was supposed to be doing. He was doing exactly what he was supposed to be doing, but yet he had good people, his mother and brothers, come to try to stop him from doing what he was supposed to be doing so he limited their access to him you know there are many areas where we need to limit people in our lives did you know that did you know that this is going to help you today with relationships it's going to help you there's many areas where we need to limit people in our lives just like jesus limited in this case his family You know, I've run across a lot of people over the years who they want to continually talk about their problems, but yet they never want to do anything that I, from the Word of God, suggest that they do. Have you, you have you ever dealt with these kind of people? They're, they what well, I, I call them time stealers. they'll they'll, they'll, they'll steal your time. They'll sit and they'll want to talk hour after hour after hour about their problems. And you ever notice they never really want to talk about what's going on in your life. All they are is concerned about what's going on in their life. And they'll go on and on and on and on and on and on. And they'll say, what do you think I should do? 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 do, I should do? And then you tell them you give them your opinion. You, you tell them good, godly, sound, godly Bible wisdom. You give them that and they'll say, what will they say? Yeah, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. Have you ever heard that? And, and and they'll go on and on and on. You'll see them next week or next month or next year. And they'll be in the same boat that they're in now. And they'll want to come and they'll want to talk again and again and again. and. Again. Have you ever dealt with any of these people besides me? You can't help them. You can't fix them. And in the end, all they do is they steal your time you need, to act, you need to put up a fence in your life and keep these people from accessing you. Did you hear what it just said? Uh, I'll give you some Bible proof that you're supposed to do that here in just a moment. Uh, there's other folks that they'll, they'll, they'll do it. You know, some will do it in person. A lot of them, they'll do it on the phone. They'll steal your time. They'll they'll want to get you on the phone. I remember back years ago when we started the church, uh, I I felt so strongly because I saw that so many ministers did not give people access to them that, that I stood in the pulpit back up in the school and I gave out my home phone number. We didn't have cell phones in that day, so I gave out my home phone number. Because I wanted to be accessible to the people. And I do want to be accessible to you. If you, have, if you have an issue in your life, a problem in your life that we can help you with, that's why we're here. Do you understand that? And call and we'll be happy to help you as best that we can. But, you know, I mean, I remember I got a couple of calls from people. Uh, you know, they'd call like 2 o'clock in the morning to ask me if Adam had a belly button, you know. Now, maybe not. Now I'm exaggerating that just a little bit, but things not too far, too far off from that. Don't call me at two o'clock in the morning to ask me some lame brain thing. You want me to call you at two o'clock in the morning, wake you out of sleep and ask you some lame brain, brain thing? Huh? I remember there was this one lady that she'd call, call up, and uh, I mean, she'd call up. She attended the church back in those days, and I believe she attended the church, or she'd visit once in a while, but she'd call she she'd call up, and thank goodness Diane would answer the phone. You know, two o'clock in the morning, this lady was drunker than Hooter Bill's goat. I mean, you know who Bill, Hooter Bill's goat is, don't you? I mean, Hooter Bill, he's that, he's that mountain man that had the still, and the goat got in and got drunk. You ever never heard of Hooter Bill's Goat? Well, she was drunker than Hooter Bill's Goat. And she'd just go on and on and on. There's another lady that called back in those days. And she, drunker than Hooter Bill's Goat, just call and go on and on and on. One time she'd call and she'd say, Pastor Terry, I just love you. And then, and then the next time she'd call just drunk, she'd say, I hate you, I don't like you. I don't like you. That lady sometimes she'd get me at the door depending on the day. And sometimes she oh you're just the greatest thing. Oh, Pastor Terry. And then other days she'd come up, she'd have that wild look in her eyes. She'd say, I don't like you. I didn't like what you said today. You need to limit these people access. Huh? And another one lady she'd call up and and uh you know you just talk we're gonna talk hour, hour and a half about nothing. Now we're here to talk to you if we you know we're here for you. You understand that? I mean, do you want me to call you in the middle of the day and just talk for an hour and a half about nothing? Huh? Now do you? And then there's other folks that'll come, they'll show up around even around churches once in a while. They'll stay for a while. I call them moochers. You ever hear of moochers? How yeah. I many ever heard of mo- Are you okay? You're just sitting there listening. You're interested in this one today, aren't you? Because this is something we all deal with. Moochers. You know what a moocher is? They're just, huh? they're just they're there to suck money out of you and get this out of you and get that out of you. And Christians are some of the easiest marks for moochers. Now listen, I want to help people. I really want to help people. But I don't want people to come here and mooch off of me or you. Did you hear that? you hear that? Are you okay? Moochers. And we've had them come around here different times over the years, and they'll work their way through the congregation. If if, if, I, if I catch it early enough, I'll try to get, you know, pull them aside and do something. But usually what they'll do, they'll just mooch their way around, and I trust you have better sense than to be taken advantage of. And one of the reasons I'm teaching this message is to, to try to help you from letting that happen. But they'll mooch, you know, and... and uh, and then once they've mooched out and got everything out of you that they can, then and out of a congregation that they can, then they move on. You see, we need to be aware that there's people like that out there. And we need to limit their access. Now, if you're sitting there thinking, Oh, he's really not walking in love. You need to listen to the rest of the Word of God that I have to share with you today. Because you see, you, you with with that attitude, well... He's just not walking in love. When you have that attitude, what you're doing is you're really not being their friend. You're being their enemy because you're going to you're going to perpetuate them being a moocher. The only way that you're ever going to help them is to cut, the, cut it off somewhere and let them get to the point where they see they can't mooch off anybody. And then they have to change their mooching ways. Did you hear that? But this attitude of, well, we're not walking in love if we're we're just not walking in love. If, hey. When you continue to perpetuate the moochers way, you're not walking in love toward them. You need to cut those folks off and limit their access. It's the only way you're going to really ever help them. Did you hear what I just said? OK, and so you need to limit access to people. Uh, uh, another one is a lot of times, you know, how long to help grown children. You know, we've already seen where you get kids in their in their middle, middle 20s and they're still. The, the parents are still perpetuating their lifestyle, which is out of line with the Word of God, and they're draining stuff out of their parents, they're draining things out of their parents, they're draining money out of their parents, and they're draining this, draining that, draining the other. I mean, you need to help your kids. I mean, you need to do that and, and, and all that, but when they get up middle, of, you know, in their, <laughs> into their 20s and on, on up even beyond that, there comes a time where they need, to, they need to fly out of that nest. Is that right? They need to stand on their own. And to continue to help them, you're not really being a good parent. You're really not walking in love toward them. Did you hear what I just said? There comes a time where you need to draw a line, a firm line in the sand. Don't let that line keep moving. Draw the line in the sand and say no. That can be the best word of love to a, a child that's in there. you know, they're, they're a fully grown adult. And, and you, at some point, they need to stand on their own two feet. You need to have a fence. You know what I mean by a fence? Say fence. You know, I don't mean a literal fence, but there needs to be a line. There needs to be a boundary. There needs to be a fence where, you know, you don't let them continue to drain you. Did you hear what I just said? And, and, and so there's many areas where, you know, we need to limit people's access. And limit, limit how far and we let them go. And there are many examples. Now, uh, sometimes abusive people need to be limited. I'm reading from my notes. They need to be limited with, with that fence. Again, real loud, say fence. Now, and, and and when I say fence, that doesn't mean that you can't... Have time where you spend with like like that grown child in their mid to late 20s and are, you know, and they're there's mooching off. You could still spend time with them, but just don't give them any money. Is that right? Is that right? There are many abusive people in the world. Including Christians, Do you know, Christians can be very abusive. Why do people stay in abusive relationships? Well, the reasons vary, but listen to this. I believe the number one reason that Christians stay in abusive relationships is that they erroneously think they're not walking in line with the Bible, that they're not walking in love and forgiveness if they build a fence and set a limit. Did you get what I just said? It's so important, I want to say it again, the number one reason... I believe that Christians stay in abusive relationships is that they erroneously think they are not walking in line with the Bible. They're not walking in love. They're not walking in forgiveness if they build a fence and set a limit. And do you know... One of the first things that that an abusive person will do to you as a Christian or to me as a Christian or to me as a pastor, if you set a limit, if you put up a boundary fence. Do you know probably the first thing that an abusive person will do when you limit their access is they'll say to you or they'll say to others, you're not walking in love. When they tell you that they've just told you that they're an abusive person. Well, a Christian wouldn't act like that when they told you that they've just told you they've just admitted that they're an abusive person. Did you hear what I just said? Did you get that? When they start quoting scripture to you, how you should be helping them. What have they just admitted that they're an abuser? Now, you say, give me some Bible. Let's quickly go through some scriptures here. Matthew 18:15, Matthew 18:15, a- And these will be on the screen. You can look them up. But I'm going to go through them rather quickly because I have several of them. But just let's give you some Bible verses showing that putting up a, a boundary fence, limiting people access to you is very, very scriptural. Matthew 18:15. Jesus says, moreover, if your brother sins against you, Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. That's what we ought to do. I've done that. I can't tell you how many times I've done that over the years. But if he'll not hear, take one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. Now, that does not mean to stand up here like we are this morning and air people's laundry before the congregation like this. This is talking about bringing it before the church leadership. You understand? But nonetheless, tell it to the church. Jesus said if he refuses even to hear the church, now watch this, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. In other words, if you understood a little bit about this, you know that, 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 that they'd keep heathens and tax collectors at a distance. So what are you supposed to do if somebody sins against you? Go talk to them. You and them. Didn't Jesus say that? If they won't hear you, take, take two or, one or two others. Is that right? And if they won't hear that, then bring it before the leadership of the church. If they won't hear that, then you need to limit their access. Is that pretty clear? And and if you take this in in light of the rest of the scripture, we understand this about God. When people change, when people repent, then we're supposed to forgive them. Is that right? And then we can take the fence down and, and grant them access. The problem that I've seen over the years is so many times you'll have people that are abusers. They'll take advantage of you. You'll draw, you'll, you'll build that fence. They'll accuse you of not walking in love and all of that. And then when they see that you've limited their access, then they'll come to you very oftentimes and they'll say, I'm sorry, but do you know, talk is cheap, isn't it? There's a difference between talk and walk. Is that right? And, 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 and John the Baptist said, bring forth fruits showing repentance. In other words, he said, prove that you've repented. And so I've had this happen any number of times where people have done me wrong and, 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 and we've helped dealt with it as scripturally as we possibly could. And, and then, then the fence goes up. We limit their access and they said, well, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And then we drop the fence and guess what? They come in and they... Do it all over again. Say do it all over again. Uh, One one particular person I'm thinking of, I'll talk a little bit more about this situation here in a moment. We, We let it go on some 18 years of just that cycle again and again. 18 years before we finally put up a permanent fence. Why am I teaching this? I'm trying to help you and protect you. This is something all of us deal with if you haven't dealt with this, you haven't, you haven't lived very long because you're going to deal with it at some point. So I'm trying to help you. But they'll say they're sorry. You let them back in and then what? They do it all over again. A few more scriptures. Now, I, I, Romans 16:17. I did not give this one to the projectionist. I'm sorry, but uh, they can certainly get this one up there. I know Romans 16:17. Now I urge you, brethren, note them. King James says, "Mark them, note them, note those who cause what divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and what." Avoid them. Can I tell you another way you can know that somebody's abusive? Is if you put up a a, a boundary fence to limit their access to you, and then they get on the phone, the text, or the email, and they start calling or texting or emailing other people, telling the other people how you did them wrong. Did you get that? Did you get that? One way you can tell that somebody for sure is abusive is that you put up the fence and then they start texting, emailing, calling other people to say, did you, did you hear what Pastor Terry did, did to me? Well, it, 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 if he was a real man of God walking in love, he wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have limited my access to him. When they do that, they've just shown you that they're abusive and you need to put up a fence and avoid them. Did you hear what it just said? Did you hear what it just said? 1 Corinthians 5, 9. Very quickly here. Let's go through these. I wrote to you, 1 Corinthians 5, 9. I wrote to you in my epistle, my letter, not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous extortioners, idolaters. Since then, you'd need to leave the world. I mean, what Paul is saying here is that, you know, we need to we need to reach out to sinners and, 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 and share share the gospel with them. Did, did you, you understand that? But what he was talking about, he answers here in verse 11. He said, but now I have written to you not to keep not to keep company with anyone named a brother call anyone that's called a Christian, anyone that's a Christian. I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother. Anyone who calls himself a Christian. You're talking about Christians who are what? Sexually immoral, covetous, idolater, reviler, drunkard, extortioner. Not to even what? Eat with such a person. You don't even go out to lunch with them. Hmm. 2 Thessalonians 3.6 2 Thessalonians 3.6 but we command you, brethren, talking to the church, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every... Withdraw from every brother. He's talking about Christian. Withdraw from every Christian who walks disorderly and not according to the to the tradition which he received from us. Verse 14. And if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, in this letter, note. Note, mark that person, note that person, and do not keep company with him that he may be ashamed. Wow. Yet do not count him as an enemy. I I, I like that Paul said that. We don't count these people as enemies. Say amen. We don't count them as enemies. But we, we can't fellowship with them because they're abusers. Are we supposed to just throw up the fence? No, we need to tell them. Didn't Jesus say, "Go talk to him, go tell him." Don't count him as an enemy, but what realize? Say, admonish, admonish him, admonish him as a brother. You okay? I said this years ago. I I don't. I never heard anyone say it. I think it's original with me. It's better to love somebody from a distance than hate them up close. Is that right? I said it's better to love somebody from a distance than to hate them up close. It's better to live in harmony with somebody from a distance than to be in strife up close. Is that right? Is that right? Second Timothy 3:1, Second Timothy 3:1. Second Timothy 3:1. But know this that in the last days perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people do what? Turn away! Wow, Titus three ten, Titus three ten in the NIV, Titus three ten in the NIV it says, warn a divisive person, warn them. So are we supposed to just cut them off and, and 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 put the wall up there and just cut them off and not explain to them why we've done that? No, warn them, warn a divisive person. Warn a device. This is what do you mean a divisive person study into that word? You'll see it's one who causes strife and division. Somebody that likes to stir the pot and cause strife and division. You know what I mean when I say stir the pot? You know what I mean by that? It, what is it? It says warn them once. Good baseball principle here. Once. How many strikes do you get in baseball? Three, third one. You're out. Warn them once and then warn them a second time. So there's two strikes. After that, what does the Bible say? Have what? Have nothing to do with him or her. Is that right? Did I I say that or is that the Bible? That's the Bible. Now you take that in the context of the rest of the Bible. When someone really truly repents, when they really truly repent, then can the fence come down? Yes. Because God is all about people repenting. And giving them another opportunity. We're not talking about when people repent. When they really repent, then that's different. I'm talking about people that that don't repent. I'm talking about people that don't change. What does repent mean? It means to change, right? I'm talking about people that... And and I'm not talking... What did we say a while ago? A lot of times they'll say they're sorry. And then you drop the fence and they come in and they do it again. No, no. You keep that fence up there until... There's been time where they've proven that they're serious and they've made a change. Are you okay? The Amplified Bible says right here, the NIV said after that, have nothing to do with him. After you've worn the second time, they keep it up. After that, have nothing to do with him. Amplified Bible says, reject him from your fellowship and have nothing more to do with him. Are you saying that there are certain Christians, pastor, that, that you have a fence up, that they wouldn't be welcome here at this church? Uh, yes, I said that right in line with the Bible. Now, our sinners always welcome? Yes. But if you've had somebody in here that has caused strife and division, and they've caused strife and division, and you've talked to them, and you've warned them, and they continue to... You, I'm talking, you talk to them privately, I've talked to them privately, I've warned them. Now, I haven't had to deal with this any time in the recent, recent time... But I have had to deal with this over the years, and they come in, they cause problems, they cause strife, they cause division, and, you know, usually when they leave, you can tell when, a, when people leave the church in a wrong way because there's always some kind of strife and division behind it after they go, Right? And there's people. I, there there there's 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 a handful of people that I would not welcome back here at this church because they cause strife, they cause division, they cause problems for me and my wife and the and, and the church. Now, if they truly repented, would they be welcome? Yes, certainly, yes. But unless there's that change, no. So what's the first thing they throw at me? Oh, Pastor Terry, if you really were a man of God, you'd be walking in love and you wouldn't say something like that. What did they just tell me? They're an abusive person. Is that right? Some personal examples. And then we'll close. Are you getting anything out of this today? A few personal examples. This one situation my wife and I, we, we, uh, we met at a church years ago. We met at a church. And uh, we got married in that church 25 years ago this Tuesday. Hallelujah. That is heaven on earth. And the air conditioner broke down that day. It was 100 degrees outside. It was probably hotter than that in the church. And you can look at our wedding pictures and there's perspiration marks all over us and But this church, and in this church there was a lot of good things. But in this church, there were some things that weren't very good at all. It was a controlling atmosphere, it was a manipulative atmosphere, and I could go on and on. And my wife and I should have left that church long before we did. But we stayed years. Realize I say years? Years Years longer. Now, there was some good stuff there, all right, but there was some abuse, manipulation, control, humiliation, public humiliation. Uh, If you didn't do what the pastor wanted done, he'd humiliate you publicly in a setting like this. Just suffice it to say that was just some things that and we should have left years before we did. Why did we stay so long? Kick me, go on. (laughs) Why did we stay so long? Several reasons. One is because if we left, we felt like we would be being disloyal. We felt like we wouldn't be walking in love. We knew that we were going to be attacked verbally from the pulpit after we left, which did happen. That we were out of the will of God and that he'd be preaching my funeral within a couple of years. Well, it's been over 20 years. We're still going. I haven't died. Other things I could tell you. And, you know, there's sometimes you need to cut some things off. We stayed too long. At the expense of myself, my wife, and our our children, it hurt us. Was I always perfect in that church? Was Diane? No. No. But I didn't abuse anybody there. No more than I've abused any of you. Or anybody that's ever attended here. Why do we stay so long? Because if we left, we felt like we were going to be out of line with the word of God, not walking in love. And. I'm loyal to a fault and I was going to be loyal to that man no matter what to the point that my wife, God bless her, finally told me one day that is it. I am not... G- it's, it's over. Thank you. You know, you can be loyal to a fault to the point that if you're loyal to a person that's abusive, it can, it can hurt you. Why does a woman let her husband beat her For years and years. Why does she stay in that a lot of times? Particularly Christian women. How much we could say. But it's because the devil will hit him with the scriptures on. God hates divorce and he does. Did you know the devil can quote scripture? But if your husband's beating you, you need to. As far as I'm concerned, you need to be like that one lady that when her husband was asleep, she sewed him into the mattress and got a baseball bat and beat the tar out of him. No, don't do that. Say, don't do that. I have no use for a man that beats his wife. You coward. Why don't you go pick on Leon Spinks or Muhammad Ali? Pick on somebody your own size, you coward. Huh? Can anybody say amen? Pick on somebody your own size. Come try to beat on me. I've been doing weightlifting and all. Come fool with me. Don't beat on your wife. I get real stirred up when only a coward would beat his wife. But a wife should only put up with that once, and that's the end of it. And again, a little asterisk, if he truly does repent, okay, that's a different thing. Most of them don't. Some of them do. Now, my wife, in her first marriage, which lasted ten years, and it should have lasted about ten months... 10 days, and she told me it was okay to share this. Now, she, her, her first husband didn't beat her, but he was very abusive to her. And why did you stay in that for 10 years? I was trying to serve God, and do what was right. You were trying to serve God, do what was right, and so on. It was abusive. It hurt you, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Hurt her horribly bad. And if you don't put limits up, Remember, there was a group, I think it was back in the 70s, they didn't put limits up and they wound up with Jim Jones in Guyana or Guyana somewhere and they were drinking Kool-Aid with poison in it. Is that right? Is that right? You better put some limits up. You better be uh, literate of the Bible and know the Bible and take some of these scriptures that I shared with you today and be able to put some fences up or there's no telling what kind of turmoil you can wind up in. You take down the fence when they repent and change, but so many don't. Look at Matthew 5, 23. Jesus said, if you bring your gift to the altar and remember there that your brother has something against you, what does this imply? This implies now that you've. You've sinned against your brother. You've done something. You've really done something wrong to them. And you bring your gift to the altar to offer it to God. And you remember that, hey, I did something wrong to so-and-so. What does Jesus say? Leave your gift there before the altar. Go your way. First be, what's that word? Reconcile. Do you know what that word really means? It means to change. Realize I say change. So in other words, you know, it means that you leave your gift at the altar. You go to your brother. with, But you're going there with a... Realize they changed. With a changed heart. You've repented. For all you know, they've got that fence up there. They've, they're limiting you. So, you, you know, if they're smart, they are. And you go to them with a changed heart. Now, they should drop that fence and let you back in. But do you see here... That before you go to him, you're supposed to have a change in your heart. Go to your brother and then come back and offer your gift. The the thing that I've seen over the years, I want to reiterate this, is so many times people say they've changed. They say they're sorry, but they really haven't. You drop the force field. You drop the shield. You drop the fence. You drop the boundary. You let them back in. And then what happens? They do it. They do it again. 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 So you really need to seek God and and watch their don't watch their words so much. Watch their actions and see if they really repented. Now, this pastor that that we were in his church for all those years, uh, we've ultimately had to just put the put the put the fence up because we put the fence up. And then he he's I'm sorry. Drop the fence. Let him in. Do it again. And put the fence up say he was sorry, drop the fence, let him in, do it again. This went on 18 years. And and, 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 and then uh, about a year or so ago, we had dropped the fence, let him back in, and he, he sends this letter t- to us and goes off on us, how this, that, and the other. And so guess what? We've put the fence up. Remember on Star Trek, what did the captain say? Shields up. Realize I say shields up. Yeah, put the shields up. Fence up. And now he's going to I mean, the only way that fence comes down, he's going to have to do some proving of some things. Now, again, if you're sitting there thinking, well, Pastor Terry, you're not really walking in love. Then haven't I give you scriptures this morning? Amen. What does an abuser do? They'll start accusing you of not walking in love. Is that right? Is that, is that right? I know there's one, there's this one minister friend of mine. Just a few more personal things, and then we'll we'll close but uh he, he, he's he a minister friend of mine, and I won't go into all the details but but uh gossip gossip and there was a situation that arose some some a couple of couple years back and and uh rather than calling i had a relationship with this guy rather than him calling me and talking to me about it he goes and does some things behind my back and whatnot and i have no problem with with one of the things that he did but he should have come and talked to me first but he didn't and, and it wasn't even so much that it's 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 when i said to him i said well where did you where did you find this out he said well do i have to tell you you know, I mean, leadership in in a church or leadership in, in a Christian organization should be above gossip and should be above hearsay and should be above all that nonsense. Can you say amen? Thank you, young man. Appreciate that. And uh, I'll tell you what. This guy. And. and I' put a fence up i 'm not going to tell him any more of, of of what's going on in my life uh, because i don't want it spread everywhere else. How do I know he's going to do that? Because when he would talk to me he'd start telling me about this that and the other i don't want to, I don't want to listen to that. Can you say amen? amen and so, because of the position that he holds now listen, this might help you. I will communicate with him in text, but I won't talk to him on the phone.. <gasps> Now, if you're sitting there thinking, Pastor Terry, is that really love? Have we, have we taught you today? It is love. I'll, I'll text him, but I won't talk with him. Until he changes. You okay? I'm being a little more personal with you today than normal, but sometimes if I do that, it can help you. I will text with him. He'll, he'll call me, leave a message, and I'll text him back. And just, you know, glad to hear from you, which I'm glad to hear from him. And that's it. I won't talk to him on the phone. Are you going to come back next week, or do you think I'm a mean <laughs> I used to talk to him all the time until he did that to me, and, and I told him, I said, "I don't appreciate that, blah, 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 blah." And, and, but he never changed. And so now he te- I'll text, but I won't talk. you OK? Not long ago, I had somebody Have you ever had somebody jump your fence? I said, have you ever had somebody jump your fence? I said, have you ever had somebody jump your fence? Well, I have. <laughs> Not too long ago, I had, put a, I had put one of these access or boundary fences to... to pr- prohibit access to me on a certain person. And, uh, I I had that fence up and, uh, and I want you to know, I don't have that fence up on a lot of people, but I do have that fence up on a few over the years that that you have to put it up. And I'm always, I always put it up later rather than sooner. Don't I? And my wife will tell you, it takes me a long time to put that fence up because I believe the best of people and all that. But I do have this fence up on a couple of folk and not too long ago, somebody jumped my fence. (sighs) you ever look in the backyard, you have a fence in the backyard and you see a dog out there and you wonder how that dog get in my backyard. What'd he do? What'd he do? He, he jumped the fence or else he dug a hole underneath and did something. Is that right? He got through. And so my phone rang. I, how many of you have caller ID and you know who it is before you answer? Is anybody out there that you see somebody's calling and you, do, you don't take the call? Well, I already built the fence, and uh, this guy was out of my phone, and the call, the call came, and I didn't know who it was, and I thought, well, it might be the nursing home where my mom is, so I slid the thing and said hello, and I realized somebody did what? They jumped, they jumped my fence. Now you want to know what I did? Well, I'm not going to tell you exactly what I did, but the conversation was really short. I wasn't abusive. But I'll just put it this way. I took the guy, so to speak, grabbed him by the sh- not really, but symbolically, took him by the shoulders, picked him up, walked him over, and set him down on the other side of the fence. Did you hear what I just did? Did I make it clear? He can't be in my backyard. Unless he truly repents. Last thing. You, are you okay? I know I keep saying last thing, but I want to get everything in. Have you ever had anybody jump your fence? What do you do? You pick them up and like you see a dog in the backyard. It shouldn't be there. Don't you go out there and get them out of the yard? I didn't talk very long with the guy. I just, I, and I was, I was busy in the middle of something. I said, I'm busy. I'm in the middle of something. And, and it clicked. What did I do? I picked him up, set him over the fence, and that's that. Oh, my pastor, you're not walking in love. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I am walking in love. And he went and called some people and told them what I had done to try to cause strife and turbulence. Do you, do you know of turbulent people? Do you have turbulent people. Do you know who turbulent people are. There's just wherever they go, there's turbulence. We got a letter one time, my wife and I. Uh, nobody that attends here at the church, but it was just, it was a vicious letter of accusation. Have you ever had somebody accuse you of something that they themselves are? Huh? How many's ever had that happen? They, and, and you're listening to what they're saying, or you're reading what they're saying, and you know that's what they are. They're accusing you of what they are. Has that ever happened to anybody? When that happens, let me tell you something right now. They're yielding to the devil because that's what the devil does. Remember Judas? Wasn't he yielding to the devil? And he accused the, 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 Jesus of not spending the money, right? Is that right? And he was a thief. He accused Jesus of what he, what he is. Whenever somebody starts accusing you of what they are, you know the devil's in, in there. And when, 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 when people that are walking out of love and they're walking in hate and strife and they start quoting scripture to you, uh, who are they yielding to? The devil. And when people got offended at Jesus, now listen, I, I'm going to close right here. When people got offended with Jesus, do you know what he did? Realize, say no response. no response. Say it again, no response. How many of you you've ever responded and you wish you wouldn't have? How many of you you ever responded and it made it worse? Uh, no, realize, say no response. No response. No response. And there were times people got offended with him. There's times people that, that, I mean, there was one day Jesus stood up, talked the word of God, and the people misunderstood what he was saying. They listened to spiritual truth with their natural thinking, and they got offended, and they walked away. And a whole bunch of them, all of them walked away. Remember that? When they they walked away from him? And and, and I'm sure if Jesus would have had a cell phone in that day, he'd have started getting some texts. And his disciples, the twelve that were left, would have been getting some texts. And some emails. And this, that, and the other. Facebooks. We're mad at Jesus. Jesus can't be trusted. Jesus is crazy. Huh? That's what probably would have been going up on Facebook. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they would have said that about him. Is that right? Jesus gave no response. In in fact, he looked at the twelve that were left. He said, do you want to go too? No response. Some time ago, my wife came in. I was still this morning. I was still in the bed. She came in because she'll check the Facebook sometimes in the morning. I don't have much to do with the Facebook. Nothing wrong with it. I just don't fool with it. Hardly at all. And there was something on there that that somebody had had, had put a Facebook up, and uh, it it was going to do damage to this person that we care about. And so when I saw that it could do that, that with this person and this was a person that I had built a fence I put up the fence shields were up okay I'm talking about a person that would not be welcome back here okay strife division all that I had a fence up but I saw that this person had 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 put a facebook that was going to hurt this other person that that we cared care about so <laughs> Should have been no response, but I went in and I wrote a response in line with the Word of God to help this person that we, and we care about both of them, but you understand. And, and sure enough, in about an hour or so, give or take, this other person who had the, fence, the access fence up against, he comes on with some kind of crazy thing, you know, going off on me, etc., so on and so forth. Now, what should I have done? Realize say no response. No response. I should have just contacted that person we care about. should have contacted him privately and talked to him. And then the real kicker is that about a month later, this person that we'd built the access fence, or that no access, not going to give him access, about a month later I got an email from him and he wanted me to recommend him. (laughs) So guess what I did then? No... Know what? No response. no response. I forget. Listen, there is a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Did you know you can forgive somebody but not be reconciled with them? Did you know that? And this this person that I'm talking about here, I've forgiven them. I'm holding nothing against them. I love them. I wish them the best. But there's not been reconciliation. So I forgive them. But until they repent. Until they change, until there's reconciliation, I forgive them and I love them from a distance. Did you get anything out of this? Did this help you today? Oh, oh, I almost forgot. What about when we see these people in heaven? I'm talking about people that we've built these access fences. Do you have any? Do you, do you have any of these access fences up? Do you? Do you? Do you? What happens one day when we see these people in heaven? John Knott says, tear down the fence. I don't know if John's right or not. All I know is in heaven it's going to be a better place than here. Is that right? And hopefully there won't be any fences in heaven. That, I meant that to be humorous, by the way. I don't know what's going to happen in heaven. I know that before we uh, get into heaven, we're going to have to go through the judgment seat of Christ. And I trust that the fire of God will clean some of this up in all of us. Can you say amen? Hopefully there won't be any fences. And I don't want you to think that I'm perfect because I'm not. Have I left you with the thinking that I'm perfect? No, I I can miss it. But I try to be reasonable with people. I hope this helped you today. I'm, I'm ready to stop. You ready to stop? Stand up, please. I think we made our point.